As we celebrate this great uh, feast of Pentecost, I'd like to begin this evening by welcoming Deacon Grant Dvorak here to St. Mary's, who's with us assisting at Mass this evening. Uh, Deacon Grant is one of the five guys who will be ordained a priest for the diocese a week from tomorrow. And so a week from tomorrow, Grant Dvorak will be Father Grant Dvorak. Thanks be to God. Many of you know Grant. He's from Bismarck. He's a 2014 graduate of St. Mary's Central High School. I had the privilege of serving as his chaplain when I was a brand new priest. He's the son of Al and Carol Ann Dvorak. And so it's a great blessing that Grant is with us in these final days before he's ordained to the priesthood. His first assignment, uh, unfortunately, won't be here with us. Uh, it's gonna be out in Dickinson. He'll be the chaplain of Dickinson Trinity Catholic Schools, a wonderful fit for Grant, and also uh, the associate pastor at Queen of Peace in Dickinson. So next time you're driving through and you wanna get a good homily stop in Dickinson, check out Grant at Queen of Peace. He'll be there. So let's congratulate and pray for Grant. It's great to have you with us, Grant. Um, it's pretty in your face this evening, if you're listening or watching or paying any attention, as we celebrate the great, great feast of Pentecost, the gift of the Holy Spirit to us, the church. And this brings, of course, an end to these 50 days of Easter. I don't know about you, but I feel like Lent and the 40 days of Lent go really slow, and these 50 days of Easter go really fast. I'm not sure why that is, but it seems to be the case. And so we come to an end to the Easter season as we celebrate Pentecost. What I want to go back to, because we heard about Pentecost in our reading from Acts chapter 2, is I think to make some sense of what God is wanting to do in your life and mine, we got to go back to last week, the Feast of the Ascension, which is described in Acts chapter 1. Now, we might have missed it last week because there was a silly homily here on The Simpsons, so you might have missed it. But the readings last week about the Ascension, Acts chapter 1, set us up for fully understanding what God does for us at Pentecost. I want us to imagine for a moment, I want us to imagine for a moment that you're one of the 12 apostles. You're one of the 12 who was chosen by Jesus. So you left your home, you left your trade, you left your net, your father, your mother, your customs post, and you spent three years living and eating and drinking and listening to Jesus. Imagine you're one of the 12. And in teaching, and by the way, Jesus is the best teacher ever. If there are Golden Apple Awards then, he would have got them all, okay? The best teacher ever. Jesus loved to teach on one thing. He loved to talk about the kingdom of God. He loved to. He would say, this is what the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is at hand, he would say. He loved to talk about his father's kingdom. And he was pretty good at it. And he taught it often, and he taught it well. So remember, you're one of the 12, and you've been hearing all this. And then, of course, we know Jesus dies. 
And three days later, he rises. And then for 40 days, for 40 days, listen to what last week's reading said that Jesus did. So you don't have to believe that I'm making this up. Jesus then, for those 40 days, presented himself alive. He's saying, I'm alive. Here's my flesh. Thomas, put your hand in it. He presented himself alive to them by many proofs. After he had suffered, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. So what did Jesus do during his 40 days after his resurrection, before his ascension? He would teach and preach and talk about the kingdom of God, his favorite subject. Now remember, you're still one of the 12. And then one of the 12, and thanks be to God, Luke doesn't tell us who asks it. We're told one of the 12 has the nerve to ask this question. Are you ready? Lord, are you at this time ready to restore the kingdom to Israel? If you're Jesus, you're about to lose it. Because you've spent three years plus 40 days saying, I am not a politician. I am not here to kick Roman butt. I am here to destroy sin and death in the power of Satan. And I'm here so you go to heaven. And these guys have the nerve, after everything they've been through, seeing the risen Lord, of saying, all right, Jesus, you ready? Get him out of here. It's incredible the patience he has. So the question for us is, so what changed? There's so many different words I want to use for the apostles, I can't use them. But like, how did their obstinacy, that there's a word, how did their stubbornness, how did their inability to understand who Jesus is and why he came, how did it finally change after three years plus 40 days? One thing, and one thing only. Pentecost. It wasn't until they were given the gift of the Holy Spirit for them to finally get it. It wasn't until they were given God, the Holy Spirit, that they quit being a bunch of political scaredy cats and became the great apostles and bold witnesses to the ends of the earth. You can easily say, that it was Pentecost that transformed their hearts in Pentecost alone. Now everyone, you get it, right? That same Holy Spirit that was breathed on the apostles in the upper room, that same Holy Spirit that was given at Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, that same Holy Spirit is given to us. To do what? transform our hearts. Now, you might not be a political scaredy cat, but you're probably something else, because I know I am. And God wants to transform your heart and mine. 
And how does he do it? This is incredible. St. Paul says, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Isn't that something? Like, if we really understood that, you would be standing up and shouting right now, please don't, okay? But honestly, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead in the holy sepulcher dwells in you. And you're saying, my heart can't be transformed. And I'm saying, my heart can't be transformed. Baloney. The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in you and in me. I had the great privilege of teaching Grant. I saw the Holy Spirit transform a young man who's now going to be a priest. He let God interrupt his life. He could have been a doctor. He could have been a lawyer. He could have been a senator. But he said, Holy Spirit, I'm going to let you interrupt my life and transform me. Now, for many of us, it doesn't look the same, does it? But transformation of heart is meant to have evidence. If you were to lay out your life in front of you right now, and I were to lay out my life in front of me right now, is there evidence that the Holy Spirit is transforming me? Is there evidence that the Holy Spirit is changing me into the person that God needs me, wants me, desires me to be? It's incredible the gift we're given through Pentecost. Let God transform you. Give him permission to interrupt whatever plans you have so that we can be saints in his kingdom where he wants you and I to be forever. Come Holy Spirit, transform our hearts.